The Hebrew Scriptures, what we like to call the Old Testament, it's a veritable all-stars of faith. Adam, Eve, Noah, Moses, David, Solomon, Miriam, Rebecca, Sarah, Jacob, and today, Abram, later Abraham. These are all people who heard the word of the Lord and did brave, important, faithful things in spite of terrific odds. They were people who we would certainly say had faith or people who were most certainly faithful. But if you take a closer look at them, look deeper, and you'll see that their faithfulness was not necessarily the, the sum total of all their goodness or all their righteousness or piety or heroic character. No. I mean, Moses, God love him. According to Exodus, he stuttered and he argued with God like they were an old married couple. David, well, David had lady troubles, didn't he? He sent a man into battle after he had played peeping Tom on his wife and seen her bathing on top of a roof and fallen into lust with her and sent her husband into battle to be killed so he could steal her away. Noah got drunk on occasion. Jacob wrestled with and probably beat up on an angel pretty well who, who, who was probably God. God has hip knocked out a joint. Abraham, Abram, hiked up a hill with a, a bundle of kindling and his sharpest knife to sacrifice his little boy, his heir, in what he thought was obedience to God. All of them had these huge flaws, huge quirks, huge human tendencies, maybe even had what we would sometimes call sin. But we're beloved of God. So if we search for one thing that's consistent about all of these patriarchs and matriarchs, is that they constantly pounded God with questions. They never failed to ask and inquire of God. God answered back and they listened. Theirs were not rhetorical, philosophical, navel-gazing kinds of questions. No, they were, they were direct inquiries of God herself. How long, the psalmist asked. Me, Lord? Moses implored God. And if you believe Bill Cosby, Noah asked, what's a cubit? Today, Abram asked God, how and when and, and, and maybe even what? Better yet, and I think this is kind of funny, Abram's questions all come after God gives Abram really good news. God says to Abram, I am your shield, Abram. And Abram says, but, but God. And, and, then, and then God says to Abram, and, and not only am I your shield, I'm going to give you an heir, a son, Abram. And Abram asked, well, 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 how, God? But, but how? Because uh, I'm old and my wife is old and it's impossible. And then God says, land. Abram, you're going to have land too. 
And Abram asked, but how exactly is that going to work, God? Abram gets the real trifecta of blessings from God today. He gets protection. He gets land. He gets an heir. And all he can do is pepper God with questions. Well, at least they were good questions, weren't they? You know, you might remember a moment in your spiritual journey where, like Abram, you asked God good questions. If you think for a moment, you might remember the day that, that you had a really good question for your parent or for your, your priest or preacher or your Sunday school teacher. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure one of uh, my first good questioning mornings, on a, came, one of my first good questions came on a Sunday morning when I was six years old. Really early in the morning, I'd gotten up early to catch uh, an episode of the Three Stooges on the Superstation at six o'clock in the morning. This is back in the days of five, maybe seven channels on television, if you count the UHF channels. Cartoons didn't start until seven o'clock usually. <clears throat> so in the early morning hours of of that day, in the early seventies, people, uh, the people who dominated the airwaves had names like Rex Humbard and Robert Tilton and Oral Roberts and Jerry Falwell and Reverend Ike and, of course, Ernest Angley. Ernest Angley, for those of you who, who don't remember him, he was a flamboyant faith healer. And he was a TV preacher and a huckster and kind of an unintentional stand-up comic. He wore bright white suits and he talked with a distinctive nasal tone. Desperate, sad folks would give him all their money. And he, they would ask for him to ask God for faith healing. On this particular morning, I witnessed a little girl who was clearly hard of hearing or deaf, seeking healing from Ernest. I remember her mother brought her up to the stage and Ernest, in his way, he rubbed his fingers on his ears and then he commanded, the devils come out, he said. And then he snapped his fingers next to the girl's ears to prove that she was healed and that she was hearing things and of course she heard nothing. And he declared, well, at least she can talk now. Her speech has been restored. I know the Lord has restored her speech. And he had her say a ridiculous thing over and over. He had her say, now, I'll never forget this, please, baby, please, baby, over and over. And of course, she sounded like a person who could not hear when she talked, and obviously it had not worked. So he moved her along off the stage. <clears throat> he told the mom to keep working with her. And then later, Ernest said in his, his post-game uh, post analysis of, of the day that, that perhaps the girl had not been healed because she didn't have enough faith. Well, when my parents awoke that morning, they found me wide-eyed and weirded out by this man. Well, that and the four bowls of Lucky Charms I'd consumed. And boy, did I have questions. Mama, what does it mean that someone doesn't have enough faith? Why didn't God heal the little girl, Daddy? Does, will God heal us if we have enough faith? Do... Do we have enough faith? Why did the preacher keep asking us to send us his our money? These are impossible questions for my parents. 
I would imagine, especially before they'd had their morning coffee. But they were good questions, weren't they? After watching Ernest, I wanted to make sure that I had faith. I wanted to make sure I had faith so I could be good. I wanted to make sure I had enough faith so I could be healed if I ever got sick or anyone in my family got sick. I wanted to make sure that we had enough faith so we would know that God loved us. We had to have this faith stuff. And thank goodness faith is not something that, that, that one judges by, by surety or confidence. And, and then we might judge Abram as having very little faith today, wouldn't we? Because in the, in the original Hebrew, Abram, when God gives Abram a blessing, Abram, like an adolescent, says, but, but God, you know, Abram says, God says to Abram, uh, have a child. He says, but God, Abram's first impulse is to ask God and to address God with, with these immediate concerns that he has. But then watch God. God responds decisively, almost as if she feels a need to confess Abram of her faithfulness to him. God says to him, Abram, Abram, go outside. Look at the stars, God tells him. Look at the stars, Abram, and as many stars as there are, are up there, you will have descendants. And not only that, but, but God engages what, what must seem like a really weird and, and, and gross uh, covenant ceremony with Abram. I was watching the choir uh, this morning when they read this, and I, I watched some people noticeably uh, wince when they got to the part about Abram splitting animals in half and laying them against each other. And in our age, this is kind of a weird and gross and savage ceremony. But if we had lived back then, we would have recognized this for what it was. It was a, a, a deep and meaningful uh, covenant ceremony. It was a contract God was making with, a, with Abram. See, one way that a person could make a sacred promise to another person in Abram's day was to bring the finest animals they had and split them in half and pass fire between them. And what they were saying to the other person is that this oath I make to you, may I fulfill it, or may I be as these animals who've, ba who've been slaughtered on this day. So Abram, when he falls asleep, he sees God passing fire between these animals, making a promise to Abram, promising to live life with Abram. Binding God's self to Abram. And see, God gives God's self to Abram freely. God gives God's self to Abram without any sort of payment or promise from Abram other than this relationship that they have. God offers and binds herself to Abram not as the result of Abram's accrued or possessed faith or piety or even righteousness. Because Abram's faith is his willingness to bear what is on his heart to God. Abram's faith is his honesty with God about his fears and his doubts. God hears this, and so God binds God's self to Abram. Not because he's faithful or righteous, but because Abram is human. And Abram is human in the best way because Abram asked. Abram pesters God. Abram always has a but God, like humans do. 
During Lent, we work on things to help us be more faithful. We work on practices to help us enact our faith. And Abram certainly teaches us one today. Abram shows us how we are to give up on being good and how we are to pursue being faithful by asking questions and by then being in relationship with God. God loved Abram because of his questions, not in spite of his questions. And God loves us for our questions. I heard many times this week in in my readings that faith is a verb. Faith is a whole bunch of verbs, really. Verbs like listen, love, be loved, and best of all, ask. So be faithful. Ask God your questions during Lent. And always, and as we sit here during our time of silence, Ask God the questions that you brought with you today. Offer them to God.